Well, hello and welcome back to the Extraverse for Space Between Stories. Hello, how are we? Hey! Hi! Good. Yay! We're good. I'm here. Uh, should we do the quick... And uh, I'm here. And I'm here as well. <laughs> I'm also here. And I contributed. Um, <laughs> should we uh, do a little introduction thing? Working our way around the table? Yep. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, like, your name and who do you play? Cool. Um, I'm Ali and I play Lynette. Um, she is a feline, which is her race. She is humanoid but has a cat companion. And she is the engineer on the ship and she is an inventor cool 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 i'm capella she is a melodian lamp using muscle she's not just a muscle <laughs> she is that's her role on the ship muscle um so yeah so she's from uh, the melodian world she uses lamps to get her power and, and combat advantage and uh, her role is to help fighting and defending teammates you mean like lamp like aladdin's lamp not like i think i think people have listened enough yeah. at this point to know that not yeah. like <laughs> the we're not really like, starting yeah. that okay. cold here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I desperately hope that people have some context <laughs> <laughs> otherwise we are screwed uh, i'm lucy i'm playing ritua who is an atar scholar uh currently acting as the scientist aboard the ship um he doesn't like any of you no <laughs> But we but who are you playing at? <laughs> and I guess as that uh, kind of... Oh, and I'm John, and I'm the... Uh, Everybody else. else. The, the games master. Ooh. Uh, I can't really say dungeon master for legal reasons. No, you just uh, did. So I'll have to oh, that out. Oh, no. Gary Gygax is on his way here. <laughs> Quick, we're off for initiative. Um, we, are, we are Big Fun Studios, and uh, hopefully if that made any sense to anyone listening is because you're familiar with our works. Uh, we make comics uh, in a shared universe called the Extraverse and this is a grand experiment to kind of write, play and create a whole uh, well, a game but also a whole new RPG system at the same time mm. which we are making available. All the kind of show notes and the source book as it develops via Patreon. Mm-hmm. So hello. Hello. Uh, so we've obviously we've had a few adventures we have a line. Um, the crew of the future legend, which is the three of you, these ragtag <laughs> group of wanderers and exiles traveling the extraverse, the empty corridors between everything, uh, in search of adventure, trade, and whatever you can find. Uh, in the course of your journey so far, you responded to a distress signal from the son of the Silent Age, only to find uh, in place of a uh, crew of fellow bird travellers like yourselves looking for rescue, uh, a horrible, slimy infection, yeah. which I think you all enjoyed enormously. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like distress signals anymore. Uh, and also, we're not going to help anyone. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> We've learned a powerful <laughs> lesson. Don't the help ages. people. Never help anyone. Um, and after that, uh, we had a uh, training mission. This is where I, I think uh, the game gets a bit meta. So that was where we were actively working through. Um, the combat mechanics yep. of the game. Uh, I think we uh, we ironed out a lot of the kinks, uh, and we've since kind of talked about that. And we've spent a lot of time uh, developing our characters. We've done a degree of character creation work, which we're not going to bore you with now. But there'll be an opportunity later in the game uh, where we will talk about how that has developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, um, if you uh, you know, hopefully uh, if you're familiar with the series so far. Uh, you'll know our characters, but know that the characters now have some new abilities, which uh, you know kind of influence how they'll affect the world and hopefully make combat and gameplay a bit more exciting. Uh, and hopefully, in this uh, first, it feels like the first kind of proper mm. campaign. Yeah. It does in a way. Uh, yeah. We've done it. It's quite exciting because um, I know that first one we were just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants. Oh like. yeah, almost just like I think it works, but almost just kind of like making it up as we went along. Um, yeah, it's almost like that's the entire point of this podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but rules help control the fun. We've spent, we've spent a lot, no rules. <laughs> we've spent a lot of time uh, making rules, so I think now, uh, yeah, we're just gonna just gonna see what happens. Great stuff. So uh, my uh, my words of guidance to you, uh, my crew of adventurers, are to. Uh, Remember your character sheets. Think about your abilities. Uh, Think about all your stacks. I would like to say that there will be opportunities to use all of them now. Uh, I know things have been quite combat heavy Mm -hmm. lately. There will be combat, don't worry. But uh, Or not, if you're nice people. (laughs) Uh, But we have other stats like charisma and inspiration, which haven't really been used too much so far. And yeah, if you ever have any questions, give me a shout. 
uh, we can pause uh, pause reality and we can work it out as a team and if we ever find anything that doesn't work we'll thrash it out and see where we go from there sounds good cool. okay cool. so in the long and silent weeks since your training mission the future legend has continued its steady perambulation through the echoing corridors of infinity as you continue to sail through the extraverse your crew now seems to have settled to quite a happy uh, group of five there are the three of you and there is Aaron One, the robot friend you rescued from the plague ship, who has kind of settled into uh, performing the roles of first mate around the ship. Oh, so uh, promoted, I think. Essentially, yes. <laughs> While by his very nature he was a scientist, a scholar, I think we can agree. To I'm our, better. You are <laughs> undoubtedly better. And, and I made sure of it when I removed that bit from his brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, like zero to dark. Like, <laughs> right, right out of the gate. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, he's had, he's gone through quite a lot and the last thing he needs now is another kind of uh, conflict in his life, particularly with an eight foot tall <laughs> blue right, humanoid. I can remove that from his brain too, he'll be fine. I, that's again terrifying. Lobotomy. Uh, <laughs> so he's actually being a nice fellow, settled into the role of first mate, and he's generally just kind of doing bits and bobs around the ship, making sure you're all, you're all happy, making sure you know, you're know you kind of tip top. And uh, I guess all that leaves is uh, Timbar, the captain of the ship, a, a tree man, uh, a man. Made of trees. <laughs> who, uh, Multiple trees or just one very big tree? Uh, this isn't a philosophy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, who, who, who among us can really answer that question? Um, but perhaps more so than any captain of any bird vessel, Timbar is a part of the ship. He has grown through the structure of the ship and is intimately connect connected to how it functions. So, life in the extraverse is one of infinite variety and adventure and it can at times get very boring <laughs> and as you journey uh, looking for trade looking for fellow birds looking for ships you find yourself settling into a certain familiar pattern and I dare say it has become a little repetitive so how have you been spending your weeks aboard the future legend well, Lynette is sort of the caretaker, as well as being the engineer. You know, if anything breaks, she fixes it. You know, if anyone's door is squeaky, she'll come along with some WD-40. 45. Not spun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, it's the future. WD-4000. Yeah, WD yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, So, yeah, she's sort of kept the ship ticking along. Uh, she's also been working on a trap invention that uh, that should hopefully help in combat situations where she can't quite... She's not the strongest, she's not the most dexterous, but if she can trap an enemy and run away from it, then <laughs> that's as good as. <laughs> and, and what, if anything, has Jason, your cat familiar, been mm. up to? Well, Jason likes to uh, collect scraps from the floor. <laughs> He's always around at people's feet in the lunchroom. Um, he's been sort of sneaking around, finding all the little nooks and crannies of the ship, little places to hide, but also maybe places to like see things and hear things. Hide scraps. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not currently bonded enough to be able to communicate those things, but hopefully one day he'll be able to be like my little spy master. Do you find yourself kind of practicing? Yeah. Like you and Jason, like Jason. Yeah. What am I thinking? <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Seriously. He normally guesses. Oh, yeah. He yeah. normally goes, meow. And that's like, yeah. Oh, you were I thinking, was thinking, meow. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. What a connection. The <laughs> thing is, with a cat, like, would he even tell you if he knew? No, probably no. not. He just turned his back. Yeah. Show me his butt. <laughs> Don't fart. Walk away. <sighs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> Capella has been uh, sort of conscious since the first mission and then the training mission that her role as muscle is potentially more dependent on her abilities 
that she would like. So she's been she's been working out. She's been, she's been getting buff, <laughs> um, and it's it's made a difference. That's per these numbers on this sheet here. Oh wow! Um, yeah. But but not only that, she um, she in an attempt to sort of while away the days and and also contribute to her fitness, she tried to invent her own sport. Um, in the in the sort of main hangar section of the Future Legend, um, but the only person who'd play with her was Aaron One, and he wasn't particularly like good or up for it really. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, she's invented a sport that's ball based, but is kind of a fusion between like dodgeball and basketball. So you're throwing balls at each other, but you're also trying to score with them somehow. She's not great at like rules and, <laughs> and any sort of like logical strategic aspect to it, but it does involve running around and throwing balls at Aaron One, which she loves. And he doesn't, I don't think. I, can't, I actually kind of imagine that Aaron One is unfailingly supportive <laughs> yeah, and encouraging yeah. at all times. So it's like, very good. <laughs> Bonk, very good. Ow. Is it like squash, except there's no rackets and the ball is... 50 times larger. Yeah, and it weighs like four kilograms. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Is this an actual ball, not like a wish uh, kind of construct? Oh, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, it's a wish construct. So obviously out of the heat of battle, she doesn't need to generate her gauntlets or anything. So she's generated it as a wish ball and she can generate it as heavy as she wants within reason. So, yeah. Not not to the point that she's trying to hurt Aaron one, but, you know, she wants to give him a challenge. <laughs> and, 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 and if he were to get like scuffed like a little bit, like yeah. that's how we learn. Yeah. You know, and like people dig yeah. scars. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so it's it's cool. Like, and, he gets and, a scar. And, and did Aaron one like uh, unfailingly polite? Did he did he ever point out that you've invented a game where only you really have any chance of scoring the goal because <laughs> the ball is constructed from your mind? Very. Uh, very yeah. Because sometimes when it got close to, to him scoring. Uh, Capella just stopped him midair um, <laughs> and just said, "Oh, that was a gust of wind there, I guess, Aaron." In like, space. <laughs> yeah, it was hermetically sealed uh, ship. But very graciously, no, he never mentioned that. Really. <laughs> so, uh, so that's that's strange. I guess Capella's just really good at it. Yeah, so it's uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a name for it? Um, um, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> she hasn't got a name for it Aaron yet. Bash. Aaron Ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, very, very good. Yeah, <laughs> you got me again. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, well, Ritua has been uh, spending the last couple of weeks finding anything even remotely ball shaped in the entire ship. <laughs> And stabbing it with his spear and hiding them in a cupboard. <laughs> That's why Capella had to generate a ball. Because, <laughs> because, um, because he doesn't—he doesn't much like Aaron at all. Like, <laughs> and and and, uh, and it was—you know—it it, it brought some some slight entertainment to Rituar's cold, hard heart to, <laughs> to see him getting beaten up by Wishball. <laughs> so yeah, Wishball's like, good. Wishball. Let's call it Wishball. Yeah, <laughs> that's I like way that. better. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like Rituar's probably been like silently cheering from the sidelines whilst, as I say, hiding anything that could remotely be an actual physically, physical ball in the ship. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it safe to say that Rituar maybe needs a hobby or, or, or something? I have a hobby. I collect balls. Oh, I destroy them. <laughs> or, or you collect uh, empty, like, leather sacks. Uh, you know, yeah, I have quite an impressive collection. It's uncanny, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You say impressive or oppressive. Both. Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> the atmosphere in his room has become very oppressive. <laughs> all the balls have faces, yeah. scowling faces. They all look like Aaron. <laughs> so, I've, 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 um, he's also spent a bit of time studying uh, for some first aid, some basic stuff, because there was a lot of slime. It was it was unlikable. I did not like it. I did not like the potential of being infected by things. So have been I've been studying up so I can now use a proper first aid kit and try to not get poisoned nice. so uh, or, or help us as well well yeah but your poisoning might be contagious <laughs> i mean so i, I probably need away. to fix you her, it's, her, it's herd immunity isn't yeah. it basically yeah yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, i need to vaccinate everyone on the ship whether they want it or not <laughs> so uh lynette and capella i mean like knowing that your kind of science officer has now developed med kits are you are you eager to go see him when you're injured or, or is like the massive pile of deflated like footballs <laughs> like, and spear marks on the wall? Is that, does that put you off in any way? Or? Um, it doesn't put Capella it? off. No. No. But are you also like, you're, you're sitting on like the med, but like bandaging up like, I just don't know where all my footballs are going. <laughs> and I like, brought loads of balls onto this ship when I first, when I first moved in because I love balls <laughs> and I love sports. Um, and, and they've all gone. I don't and, even. And then I like, return, like opens the cabinet, and goes really, and, and then just like nothing but deflated balls, just gonna pour out. And goes, tell me more. 
Tua doesn't like you, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, into this uh, suburban uh, paradise (laughs) that you've you've all settled into, uh, your day-to-day routine is disturbed by, wherever you may find yourselves around the ship, little flowers blossoming and opening from the vines of timber which have made their way through the structure of the future legend. And from these flowers, these vibrating flowers, you hear the voice of your captain, who beckons you all up to come join him on the bridge. Jump cut. (laughs) We jump cut to the bridge of the future legend. Capella is late. (laughs) For two hours, got a handful of flowers. Uh, Timbar, uh, who may who may have a voice. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's got a voice. It's good, I like it. And maybe he sounds like a Hollywood producer. I don't know. <laughs> I imagined it more of a bark. Oh! oh. It's, uh, that's some classic, classy humour from uh, the cat person. <laughs> so, I don't know if you were my character or me. <laughs> we're both cat people. <laughs> so Timber uh, is like, uh, so get, get, gather round. Gather round, you mooks. <laughs> Your mooks. <laughs> no tree can smoke a cigar. <laughs> but he is smoking that cigar. Yeah. And Aaron Wan is like busting around going, you know, you know, sir, um, being made of at least 99% wood, uh, that, cig- that cigar is, is quite bad for you. He's like, I know, I know. I need somebody to calm my nerves. <laughs> Look at me. I've got the jitters. So I'm just a wind blowing through my branches. It's a little, it's a little tree humour there for you. Um, but Timbar welcomes you in, and he uh, he wants to address the kind of falling standards around here. He oh. appreciates that uh, training uh, training sessions will only get you so far. You're getting you're getting lax, team. You're losing your edge. You know. <laughs> we need a mission. Nothing. Nothing has come up. Yeah. Well, Ritual is pulling petals. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck because, incredibly. Our order of footballs has somehow, an entire manifest of footballs has disappeared. And I need not remind you of the good people we lost on the mission to claim those footballs from the football of us. And how even one of those balls is worth at least 10 of any of you. I'm quite surprised that the balls are worth so much, seeing as there was a ball over football overse. Like everything is football. The football overse is very hard to get to, <laughs> as you know. It's got a leathery skin. I yeah. need not remind you of the many. <laughs> um, where's this voice going? <laughs> I like it's developing. Yeah, I need not remind you of the many, many children that have lost their fathers thanks to that mission. And that mission was going to set us up for life. There was a lot of money in those balls. And they've just gone. I, I do not know how that happened. So, we're, and uh, Ritual continues to pluck petals off the flowers. So, Timbar informs you that soon you will return to the convoy, ah, the okay. spiritual home of the Bergs, the oh, people without homes. More people then. However, he'd rather not return empty-handed right trade has not been great lately as a as a kind of vessel looking for luck where it can find it you take those deals where you can and you find things out in the extraverse which may cast which may earn a high value elsewhere mm. so Aaron Wan and Timba have charted the future legend down a slightly different route to take you home to the convoy before you refuel and head out again on another mission. He thinks we can make one stop before returning home. And we're gonna go visit a universe that none of you have been to before. Okay. In fact, the future legend has never visited this verse before. However, it is known to bird culture. And as travelers, birds leave messages for other travelers symbols and sigils around safe universes to welcome, guide and inform people as they approach. So even though you do not know this world intimately, because the extraverse is beyond measuring, no one could know every branch of its myriad 
corridors. You know from these symbols that this one is relatively safe. Mm, cool. Where bergs are known to the inhabitants. And where, as long as you observe certain customs, you will receive good care. Okay. Beyond that, we don't know a massive amount about the universe, other than it is renowned for its potions Ooh. and healing substances, which are said to be uh, the equal of none. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Did I yeah. phrase that the right way around? I, I think so. None? Unle unless you mean they're said to be nothing. No. <laughs> Beyond compare. These ah, are. Yes, that's good. And both, you know, as Bergs, as people who come up against all manner of impossible threats and challenges on a daily basis, to have these amazing healing items at your disposal would be incredible. They will also fetch a high price to other adventurers. More than footballs? We can only hope <laughs> for you, for your sake. We do want some footballs as well, but yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, so let's not take those signs lightly. There may be some risk, okay. But I'm the captain, and I decide that you you're all worth that risk. So. <laughs> Thanks, Timbar. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, Timbar reminds you that you have five minutes to get your affairs in order because we're going in. Are there any actions you would like to take now? I'm going to make sure I have my med kit with me. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to sharpen my spear. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Jason needs to do a poo. <laughs> so I'm Roll. Uh, <laughs> what's, he, what's he been eating lately? Uh, well, he found some um, some crackers. Crackers? Yeah. <laughs> they're quite dry. Yeah, they're very dry. Roll for strength. <laughs> What is his strength? Uh, is it my strength? Then? Why are you squeezing it out? <laughs> you have a card for him somewhere, don't you? Uh, Just, wasn't it your passive stats? Yes. Oh, that's right, yes. Uh, so, okay. strength of one. Strength of one. Zero. <laughs> that poo ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> We've got to remember this now, that Jason is constipated. <laughs> okay, just like, that's for the future of this mission. That is known. You gain, you gain one fecal point <laughs> yeah, just, just how for... many fecal points have you guys got <laughs> zero yeah, it's gonna stay like and I'm winning the fecal race and I will allow you to spend oh, that, that fecal point whenever you see fit fecal point one one, one FP <laughs> the future legend begins to vibrate and shake as it approaches the narrative barrier that separates the this verse from the extraverse and with a groaning and uh, a, a creaking which would alarm anyone unfamiliar to the future legend. Jason the Pooh. Creaking. Jason does a poo. You, you've lost your fecal point. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to rub it. I couldn't remember how to spell fecal. <laughs> well, I hope it was worth it. Um, with an ungodly smell, <laughs> the future legend transitions into this new universe. And like a thunderbolt, which indeed it is, <laughs> you're suddenly struck by a thick, stormy maelstrom, which is all around you. And you are flying through sky, atmosphere, air, but... Oh, it's just like home. Just like home. <laughs> However, there are thick, broiling clouds and uh, the crackle, the electric uh, crackle, the thunderstorms all around you and uh, a weird red sickly tinge which is coming in through the windows. Thankfully the future legend is built to pierce universal barriers, it's built to survive the rigours of the extraverse and it can handle this and when that groaning increases and you know that the the multi, uh, what do we drive. call it? The multi-drive, thank you, yes. You know that the multi-drive of the future legend is morphing as it adapts to a form that best suits this world. Nice. The ship descends and descends and descends and you realise you're not stopping. It's a controlled but steady descent and as you fall, the clouds part and for a brief second you see an ocean far below you. Black, roiling waves with a kind of a a steam looks like rising off the ocean as far as you can see in thick billowing clouds and all around you lightning and this red 
crackling light from afar and you descend and the future legend is approaching the surface of the ocean and it doesn't stop and it doesn't stop and you may want to grab onto something nearby <laughs> because the future legend collides with the surface of the ocean and for a brief all too long moment you feel the ship go under and kind of be buffeted by this endless black this endless cold black all around and then you feel yourself rising and the future legend bursts above the waves and settles onto the surface its wings now having formed into paddle wheels on either side oh. and the future legend uh, has shifted to a form which almost matches its boat-like structure okay. it has become a boat <laughs> so wait, it's a boat. It is a boat. It's a boat. It is a boat. So now the future legend uh, rights and steadies itself, and Aaron Wan steps up to the helm, to the uh, wheel of the future legend, and begins to chart a course. Because of, ahead of you, looking out across this red, stormy, storm-blasted ocean uh, vista, you see rising like a great, like the hand of God out of the ocean a great black cliff top and you are heading towards it. Capella goes up to uh, Aaron Wan just taps him on the shoulder just like, watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the pilot, he's the first mate. Well, he's on the wheel though, isn't he? Uh, presumably the captain is the uh, yeah, wheel. He, he literally is the wheel. I, like to, I, I still tell Aaron <laughs> I like to think that while Timbar can, can like just take control of the ship much as you might control the muscles in your hand, uh, Aaron Wan can take the wheel mm -hmm. on occasion, almost like just to help out. Mm -hmm. As the future legend settles into a steady cruise towards the black cliffs up ahead, uh, Aaron Wan starts tapping away at controls next to him as he gets readings on this new world and uh, begins to scan the world for its microelements. And he tells you now, ah, it would seem that uh, this world uh, has an overabundance of power. The four elements that drive every universe you go to are power, uh, I should know this, power, mm -hmm. change, logic, and soul. And you find that this world has an overabundance of power. This world is literally bursting with power. Nice, this sounds way. good to me. And as a kind of metagaming uh, standpoint, that's where the verse points come in. Yay, mm -hmm. them again. <laughs> so now in the centre of the table, uh, we have four pools of coloured uh, tokens, but mm -hmm. just for benefit of a listener at home. And uh, when it comes to gameplay, the players can spend one of these tokens as they see fit to replace a die. To add uh, a die, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, to basically add a die to, to a challenge that's fitting. So if you're doing a strength check, um, yeah, you can you can spend a, a token. Uh, but um, obviously, there's more strength in this world than than other things, so it places an advantage on certain mm -hmm. things. Okay, so the future legend continues to move towards the cliff face and up ahead you see the black, wind-swept, rain-blasted shapes of the rock actually condense into one singular shape and you realise as it comes into view that it's a structure. It uh, appears to have been shaped by hands, human or otherwise. It is a giant spire, Whoa. for lack of a better word. This strange, almost organically carved, be it ivory, be it stone, but this great black conical spire, like a horn, coiling up towards the heavens. Coming straight out of the water? It, where the cliff, uh, like a spit, ah, right, I see. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of comes to a point, and the spire has been kind of carved on top of it. Right. And the base of the spire goes right down into the water. Mm. However, at the water's level, you see openings. Openings big enough to permit entry for other vessels. Mm. And clearly, the future legend has adopted a shape, a form, which is archetypal to this world. And indeed, as the future legend grows ever closer to the spire, because really there's only ever one destination, <laughs> Whatever world you land in, whatever part of that world you arrive in, even with the future legend's ability to be all places at once, there's somehow always an approach when you arrive at a place. And this is no different. And you realise that you are certainly not the first vessel 
to have arrived by this manner. As you see, there are other ships in, of, of different design to yours, but other ships have are heading towards the spire. You are but one of many, even if a future legend is perhaps the largest. And as you approach the spire, the future legend glides under this big black archway. The water below, this kind of weird flowing, almost like liquid stone shaped by unknown forces above and you enter darkness. What are your thoughts at this point? Turn the lights on. <laughs> can we see any of the other vessels? You are outside windows. You can see uh, a couple of other vessels coming in to um, uh, coming in through the same pathway as you. They're squat, kind of rugged vessels. They there's not they're not much for there's not much um they're not very ornate. There's not much artifice to them. They're very functional. In fact, they're quite armoured. Okay. You realise that they are uh, clad in a very thick metal uh, casing. And you can actually see that short, squat and wide as they are, um, the metal is badly scoured and pitted in places. Mm. It looks like it's been burnt or uh, dissolved almost. And kind of scuttling along the surface of the ship, you see humanoid figures, but wrapped in what brings to mind a kind of protective wear, like long folds of leather uh, okay. kind of wrapped around them, uh, protecting them from the elements. So they're not extraversal ships? No, they are, they are of this local. They are of this world. Okay. And they are all heading like you through these long, as they appear to you, uh, kind of stone tunnels which are leading deeper into the spire, clearly built for no other purpose than to welcome ships into the extraverse. No, not into the extraverse, I apologise, into the spire. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, trade is clearly Aaron's business, he's first mate, so I'm off, I guess. <laughs> let, let me know if anything interesting happens. So it's, uh, why, 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 why am I even paying you? I mean, like, uh, is there nothing about this scenario when, which piques your scientific... When you break something, come and give me a call and I'll stick it back on or whatever. But I'm, I, yeah, this, this seems like a trade thing. Like, I'll stand and look menacing if that helps. You know, there's always there's some of the worst injuries I've ever seen people uh, kind of sustain have been in supposedly peaceful trade deals. You'd, you'd be amazed. They are... Uh, they are a nightmare. They can cost you an arm and a twig. It's a little, uh, it's a little more tree humour for you there. I, uh... I didn't get it. <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, however, uh, the darkness is soon broken uh, quicker than you'd imagine, actually, by a light up ahead which grows and grows. And uh, in, suddenly, in stark contrast to the barren brutalist landscape and world you've seen so far the storm fades and suddenly it is calm and warm and well lit and you're suddenly inside a vast well words fail you but for lack of a better word a harbour huh. only it's indoors that's cool you're in a vast cavern at the base of a spire designed for no other purpose than to welcome vessels inside. And you realise, as you know, of the inhabitants of an extraversal vessel, familiar with airlocks and the, and the necessity of keeping a harsh exterior environment out and a safe sanctuary within, that the tunnel and much of this harbour is designed like that. Right. You realise, perhaps without even thinking about it, that the exterior of this world is alien to life it is aggressive it is anti-life whereas the spire is a safe haven and the future legend whether by Aaron's hand or maybe by some bizarre preordained plan is drifting towards an empty spot on the jetty <laughs> just because other ships are around you and the future legend moors gently by a stone a stone jetty. I said jetty once. I was trying to find a better word for jetty. But it can appear, thank you, and it comes to a stop. Well then, 
What um, do we do? Capella asks, Timbar, um, do you know anything about this place? If you do you know did you did you expect this? Your guess is as good as mine. Okay. So but we can only we can only go by what our what our fellow bergs have left us. We know this place is safe. Okay. We know this place is welcoming. But we know that there are certain local customs we have to abide by. However, if we do that, there should be... I apologise, my voice got momentarily <laughs> less croaky. <laughs> there should be a warm welcome for us. So, all of you, be on your best behaviour. Get out there. Find us some of these potions. Find us something. We, well, the voice is just gone. <laughs> I realised I, I thought as the week went on that my voice was getting croaky. I was like, oh yeah, Timber's better. Yeah. going to come out to play. But no, I'm just too well. Yeah, I'm too healthy. Apparently. <laughs> so Timber, you have to imagine the fire. Uh, Timber, <laughs> Timber tells you that, yeah, basically get out there, learn what you can. Aaron and I will remain on the ship. We will be your point of contact. We'll be your safe haven. But we need to learn what we can about this world. And we need to find contacts here. We need to, you know, they appear to be, you know, no one has shot at us yet. <laughs> so So what you're saying is that Aaron Wan isn't that good at being first mate either. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the first mates, sometimes the best generals lead from behind. He's just scared. He's not yeah, leading. He's scared, yeah, yeah. He is, however, going to practice his wish ball. Nice. And <laughs> Go Aaron. You look back and he has an actual ball. Oh, no. And he's bouncing it. And I just turn to him and I just generate one in my hand and just go, that one's not legal. <laughs> Aaron, that ball isn't legal. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you for helping you, me. I'll no. let you keep it to train. Oh, but, but I can keep the ball. The ball, the, your ball that you have that oh, you found. No. I, you so can, I, I I'll allow you no, to keep oh, that. Yeah, okay. but not my wish ball because obviously that'll vanish once I've left So if time. I score anything while you're gone, that won't Oh, count. that definitely no. doesn't count, Aaron. No, no. no I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, that's just no. how it is. I don't, don't make be, these rules, Don't Aaron. be sorry. No, and you're right to punish me because <laughs> I'm never going to learn otherwise. So exactly. thank you. Maybe yeah. Aaron should look for uh, Capella's stash of lamps. And uh, maybe using his own wishes. Lynette should stop giving Aaron <laughs> ideas beyond his station. <laughs> Which you are reaches out with his freshly sharpened spear and first of all. No! <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, another paycheck and another year again. I don't believe you're paying me. No. I, I am I, paying I, you. I don't, they I don't should remember. be paying me. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember being paid. Get out there and earn your pay for once. <laughs> Please. I'm up for this, Timbar. Let's do it. Thank you. Listen to the druggie. <laughs> <laughs> Where has it come to that the druggie is the voice of reason? Yeah. Fine. Let's wander outside. I'm assuming I'm going to break any local custom by, like, existing, so whatever. Yeah, probably. That's usually the case with you. Yeah. Um, should we wrap up, do you think? Because everyone else on those other ships were, but that was because they were coming from outside. Do you think there's much chance of us going outside? Uh, I mean, we're going out into the spire. I know. I I'm guess. just wondering whether there'll be any opportunity for us to maybe go outside and we'll regret not bringing a coat. <laughs> yeah. Can we get, can we check what the temperature is outside? I'm assuming the air is breathable. There's like humanish people running around out there. I'm going to uh, I'm going to say that like uh, the three of you have made your way to the side of the ship where you know be it an air uh, what do you call like uh, an airlock airlock yeah, yeah. Uh, which has also given the reconfiguration of the ship kind of just structured itself into a more normal hatch uh, maybe more befitting of a vessel uh, and I'm going to say that um, uh, Ratua you can uh, use your scanner to uh, kind of. Oh, yeah, I have that. You can interface with the door to do some little readings Mm. of the world outside. Sure. What temperature is it? Uh, It is quite warm. Like, too warm? Or are we talking sort of comfortable summer's day? Or are we... we... We're talking... Sauna or something. Not quite a sauna, but not quite a comfortable kind of household temperature. Uh, So warm. Yes, it is quite warm. don't, Don't wrap up. Okay. And you find, after having done a quick kind of environmental scan... That it is artificial. Mm-hmm. You suspect that the air within this place is being processed oh, right, in okay. a way uh, to maintain this temperature. And you suspect that given what you saw of the outside world, that the outside world is much, much colder. Mm. So while it may be a little hotter than you would normally be comfortable, 
it, you could adapt yeah. to it, basically. Well, we're here to trade, aren't we? So we're not looking to go... I mean, the, the, the action is going to be in the spire where it's nice. Like, merchants don't tend to like going outside that much. Yeah, that's true. No, we'll stay. Well, mm. uh, yeah, if it's warm, I'm, I'm not going to, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, coat on. Let's do it. Let's go out. Okay, so you press a button and the hatch opens. There's a, a faint hiss of air. And uh, it's like that thing where, like, you've been travelling... It's like when you're on a plane. Oh, yeah. And you don't realise, like, how bad the air smells until <laughs> you step outside. You get hit by that wall of heat, kind of, yeah. Which is fitting, because you are suddenly hit by a wall of heat. Oh. And you can feel yourselves start to sweat a little bit. It, you realise that it is warm in here. I didn't put any deodorant on. Not terribly so. I think Lynette copes quite well with it, though, because she's normally down with the engine, mm. boiling uh, in there. So, yeah, she's quite fun. Yeah, I'm trying to decide whether Ritua would... It would be cool in the yeah, air. Yeah, because like, it, it would be cooler, but at the same time, they all walk around like just wearing like Hardy. sarongs and stuff, don't That's they? That's true, yeah. Like, that, like the, the sort of the native ATAR outfit is an origami belt. So, <laughs> yeah. like. It's like we're assuming that an ATAR can sweat. Like, we're, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I get the impression he's probably not that prone to like getting sunburn or something, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's. Oh, you're right, yeah. He's probably got quite good protection against like. Yeah, because there's never any yeah. dark in the Arrowverse. It's yeah. never nighttime. So. And his skin would reflect yeah. a lot. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I wouldn't say he's probably got any extra resistance to heat. It's just. Yeah. But it's fine. <laughs> compared to sweating like a trooper. Well, compared to some of the places you've been, this is clearly meant for people. Like cool. this is not inhospitable. Yeah. Cool. You can get. You could. You realize you can adapt. In fact, it would seem that many, many, many people have already adapted because this place is heaving with. It would seem humans. Huh. There are people. You know, uh, who would look, not look out of place on countless worlds you go to. Uh, and yes, trading. Mm -hmm. This is a merchant stop. And you realise that all these vessels you saw come in with you, the weird, oddly armoured vessels, the squat, wide, heavily metal-covered vessels, mm -hmm. as they dock, uh, they are greeted by workers, humans wearing, uh, you know, simple wear, kind of unremarkable functional where start um, lashing the ships in place with ropes and begin to uh, unload vessels uh, so a lot of these ships near you are just bringing goods in and out and you realize oddly enough that uh, on board the ships um, everyone you saw on the decks was kind of covered from head to toe in like protective wear mm. and you see that they are now waddling on uh, onto kind of solid land and they are uh, shedding their robes, uh, but doing it with a degree of care as they um, kind of hoist all their wet clothes onto uh, a special pit in the ground. Waiting teams begin to hose the clothing down with uh, a weird green liquid. And um, everybody seems to be done with a great deal of care. Oh, good. The outside is poisoned. Let's not go out there even more. Okay. Well, as you descend the plank, which I assume you'd like to do. We walk the plank. Is there, um, obviously, I mean, if everyone here is sort of human-shaped, Rituar's going to be quite a bit taller than all of them. Is there some sort of official, like, is, if this is a trading hub, is there someone important-looking that he could go annoy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, you see that there is nobody waiting to greet you. Whereas every other kind of dock has a team waiting to offload. Don't know who we are. Yours is kind of uh, unoccupied. And you see a few of the workers cast you sideways glances, maybe like a little confused. Maybe Rutua, you in particular, draws I imagine some... I'm a bit of a unicorn if anyone <laughs> else here is human-shaped, yeah. You do draw some odd looks. However, they do not make eye contact for long and very quickly turn their eyes How down the tell? hill. I have so many eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they make they move eye contact yeah. to one of your other eyes. Yeah. Well, speaking of eyes, I should say that as you descend the uh, kind of plank, the several meters from the edge of the future legend to the solid stone dock, uh, your eyes do start burning a little bit because you notice there is a thick steam, it would seem, rising off the water mm. below you. Is which... anyone else wearing? Eye protection, like goggles. You see that the people who are the closest to the uh, ships are wearing very thick 
uh, gloves and long gloves covering their entire arms. Uh, in fact, they're often they're using long poles to mm. stay as far away from the water as possible. Oh, and goggles, yes. Okay, so um, I'm going to look down and scan the water and assume that I find it's hydrochloric acid. Uh, you, uh, yes, uh, your theory is uh, immediately confirmed because you realise that the ocean you are sailing on uh, is not water at all, it's actually acid. Whoa. Incredibly strong acid, it would seem, given the, uh, the degradation visible on all the other ships as they come in. It seems you would surmise that the only way to survive a long vessel is to cover your ship in as many layers as possible and hope for the best. Is it affecting the future legend? The future legend, being made of infinite timber, appears utterly fine. Yeah. That's why it's a legend. Although you wouldn't want to be breathing uh, the fumes for too long. Let's get away from uh, I, I will say that and move further into the town. I'm, I think we should look out for any kind of like... Presumably there's a lot of languages on written on buildings and things here, mm, I imagine. A local point. language that I'm assuming none of us can speak since we've never been here before. True. Well, that's um, a fair point. Uh, is you... there any cuckoo dialect language? Yeah, bird speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you look around, you see, just to give you a bit more kind of lay of the land, you are in this vast cavern. And looking up, you would see that while the dock itself is made out of, or was made by human hands, it would seem, the upper structure of the cavern is stone, uh, kind of like maybe formed by natural forces. Uh, so you're in this deep, wide, uh, cave-like structure, uh, which has been kind of populated, if you will, by human construction. So while there are a couple of low buildings, which maybe you think might be like kind of customs offices, kind of like sorting offices, that kind of thing, uh, really there are no massive structures at all but looking towards the far end of the harbour through this kind of like network of piers and jetties, you see that there is a, a grand opening which looks like stairs, maybe several tens of metres wide, which appear to disappear into the structure of the spire. Right, so there's where we are currently, there's no immediate training going on here. It seems as though that may be... Out of sight. There seems to be a lot of like, uh, there's a bustle. This a lot is of unloading. A, or, yeah, this yeah. is a well-worn kind of routine, but there doesn't appear to be any sign of uh, official dumb. I feel like we probably need like a passport or something. Like, I feel like if we go wandering off into that, we might need to we're just going to get arrested. Official like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, another thing I was thinking, guys, is we don't have anything to trade other than our abilities. Do we have currency? Like, I mean, even if we do, what are the chances they'll even accept it here? Like, I mean, if it's made of shiny, that I tends to work gold. pretty well anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I can make stuff out of wish energy and then when I leave, it vanishes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably not a great idea. Um, I'm just saying, like, maybe what we trade on, I, it, I don't know what we're going to see, but maybe what we trade on is what we can do. Busking? And that is, uh, do you sing or play anything? No. Does Jason? Yeah. Really? What can <laughs> he sing? plays the banjo. <laughs> Does he? But he doesn't have a banjo. We can maybe get a banjo. Yeah. But we've got nothing to trade uh, with. So uh, back at square one. Yeah, then. so lo- we can get there. Okay. Aren't you a melodian? And that's uh, Ratuar yeah. saying that. Aren't you a melodian? <laughs> I am Ratuar, but we've been through this before. It's kind of a sore point. I couldn't play anything when I was there. I can't play anything now. So <laughs> I thought you'd at least remember that. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to try and uh, explore, take advantage of at um, this point? Lynette's interested in the ships. She's like, ooh, mm. what are the engines like, you know? Oh, yeah. So she's trying to sort of look and see, but I'm guessing they're so like armoured and protected, you can't really see very much. Well, you can wander over to the nearest ship, if you like, where a crew of kind of leather-clad workers are yeah. unloading Let's it. Let's do that. Okay, well, as you do, you, you see that once again these... The people are oddly kind of um, downtrodden in a way, Mm -hmm. like they are focusing intently on their labour. And while they acknowledge you and step out of your way, they really won't make eye contact. They try very hard to just continue with their job and not to interact in any way, Mm -hmm. if possible. Okay. Lynette sort of says to them as a group, uh, not sort of picking on one person in particular, um, Wow, how does your ship work? Tell me all about it. 
there's a, a kind of like a, a couple of them very pointedly don't answer just kind <laughs> of like mumble something and uh, continue with their work so she taps one on the shoulder like hey <laughs> and he's like and he goes oh um great uh, honoured honoured visitor no I, uh, I no please I, I, I have to work please I, I apologise I'm not worthy to, to talk to you not worthy what are you talking about no, I, 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 uh, please, I, I, I have my, I have my duties, I have my tasks, I cannot, uh, I cannot talk to you. This seems like perfectly reasonable behaviour to Rituar. <laughs> 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 um, who, you say we're visitors, it sounds like you're expecting us. Oh, of course. Oh. You're, I mean, uh, who could, who could not know of the visitors from beyond who came here so long ago and we, we've we've been waiting your return for for so long you, it was an honor to, to have you among us last time and to think that you've arrived at such a fortuitous time again is in, in, incredible how long have you waited well i mean i've heard the tales from my grandparents i mean clearly i you know it was not if i had lived through such a time once i would have been you know i would remember it but no it's it's been spoken of for quite some time Okay, how old were the signs on the outside of this universe? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, Rituar's going to walk up to... You said there's like a, or clearly a customs room or something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk in there and just like stand in front of somebody behind a table with my spear-looking spear. Capella is there alongside her as well, trying to do everything she can to kind of like diffuse slash di- <laughs> diplom- diplomatically uh, offset Rituar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in this kind of squat scone uh, customs house that you find yourself in, uh, there are, well, they are immediately apparent on any world. There are the traders. You realise that these people have a bit more authority than the kind of workers. Do they have a fancier hat? They are wearing uh, robes. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Those sound like the people I want to talk to. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, yes, the, the men making the decisions... Uh, but Wong's trading uh, small tokens do appear uh, to command some respect and they see you come in. And um, you're starting to notice that there are, I'm not sure if uniform is the right way to describe it, but you realise that there are different groups of people here. Clearly there are the residents of the spire and then there are those who are visiting them. And you realise that the... Men who are currently holding court, if you will, inside this um, this squat little hut, um, they share a, a unique feature. They actually all have a tattoo on their, somewhere on their body. And you realise it matched the tattoo that you, Lynette, saw on the worker you were speaking to earlier. There is like a, a triangle with the point facing down, intersected by... A horizontal line. Mm-hmm. This symbol uh, is on all the humans. You realise, and their uh, their robes all share a similar colour. Uh, they're all of a white hue. Whereas some of the people they're talking to, their robe, their outfits are quite different. There's almost like a, a militaristic look to them. There's a a, um, a kind of golden, golden red. Uh, kind of blazer, a kind of uh, doublette they're they're wearing, okay. and uh, their demeanour is much sterner. So <coughs> right off the bat, you can start to kind of group these people into uh, tribes, if you will, or clans. Okay. And they are quite alarmed by your your entry, uh, not least because one of you is a giant eight foot blue <laughs> humanoid with arms like tree trunks. Um, <laughs> But, I'm uh, just standing here, <laughs> waiting for somebody important to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, they uh, they immediately put away uh, the kind of tokens they were trading with, and uh, one strikes towards you, a man in white, uh, white flowing robes with this weird triangular tattoo on his forearm, and he goes, "Honored guests, welcome, welcome. Uh, you do as." Uh, uh, the most incredible uh, honour by stepping into our hut today. How can we be of service? We're here to trade. Trade? Why Why would guests such as you have need of trade? We would not insult you 
by demanding that you trade. You are our guests. You are our guests. Um, guests of the court of Heme. Oh. Uh, okay. Um, so we can have whatever we want then. I... <laughs> Anything that is even within... I give. Yeah, Capella, a sideways glance at that one. <laughs> Anything that is within my power to give as a humble servant is mine to give. Um, at this point, Lynette sees a little like um, postcard rack. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, can I have a postcard? It's postcard rack. Yeah. <laughs> and the man says, honoured guest, while I would not uh, interfere with your enjoyment of our humble uh, uh, trade uh, records. I would ask that you do not uh, spin them so they are. <laughs> but no, anything I can... Uh, you have not been greeted yet, whereas I, I thought the delegation would have been here mm, to welcome that you. Is, that is unfortunate. Perhaps you could find some way of fixing this. Oh, it is not for me to fix such matters. I am but a Who servant. Who is supposed to fix such matters? Well, and he kind of chuckles slightly <laughs> as if as if it's the most obvious thing in the world. I mean, you must... I mean, I do... We do not make decisions. The kith make decisions and we love them for it. Oh. Well, where are they then? Oh, they... I mean, as is their will, they go where they wish. I'm sure they'll be here soon. Um, is there, and is there anything I can... Help you with in the interim? Bring me some tea. We will wait. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, sustenance. Is oh. your tea made of acid? <laughs> Just check. Oh, one of guests, they spoke of your humour. <laughs> and they were not... I wasn't uh, joking. <laughs> really don't want to drink acid. I, like, I really can't could, make that um, point clear enough. Could, could somebody with a decent inspiration uh, or charisma... I've got decent they, charisma. Like, ...take over here? Because Ritua is... An eight, foot tall, an eight foot tall blue alien with a spear <laughs> <laughs> and not a quick thinker <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I don't know what I'm trying to achieve really um, that's what inspiration is for <laughs> oh I see what role yeah. and yeah okay I guess I could do that well if you'd like yeah um, as this um, this uh, kind of official is umming and ahhing and not really telling you anything of worth <laughs> yeah. a crisp voice calls out and every person around you suddenly bows their head everyone dips their head and as it, and 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 the conversation the kind of bustle of voices which you just kind of adopted as a as a background noise fades and you're suddenly struck by how silent the room is as this voice like liquid gold speaks and you'll have to imagine the gold. I don't believe I'll ever be able to do it justice. But you hear this voice say from behind you, Welcome, honoured guests. I apologise for the delay. While we had years to prepare for your arrival, apparently it was the minutes that found us lacking. <laughs> and you turn. And standing in the doorway is a humanoid figure. Human in only the loosest of terms. Its skin is utterly white and cresting the top of its head is a shock of red, the brightest red, blood red hair. Whoa. It's a good look. It's a strong look. Yeah. It wears robes of a red surpassed only by the intensity of its hair. <laughs> its eyes are deep and endless and red to their core and its limbs while still within the limits of what you might describe as human physiology are longer than you might normally be comfortable with and this creature this perfect pristine ivory creature with hair of red smiles and brings its hands together in a sign of supplication and it bows and it says, I, Karen, speaker for Grandfather Cafernus, invite you, honoured guests, to the court of Heme on the behalf of myself and all the kith. And it smiles, revealing razor-sharp teeth. Mm -hmm.